This podcast is reserved for audiences 18 years and older. Hello, and welcome to Leather Talk with Mr. Bullet Leather 2020. I'm your host, Brandon. Well, for those of you who follow Leather Talk, you already know what this podcast is all about. The intention of this podcast is really to hear personal stories from individuals within the leather and kink communities for the purposes of posterity. However, for Pride Month, or months, I should say, I always feel like Pride Month extends like two or three months out of the year. But I've decided that I would share with our audience some more topic-specific episodes for the month of Pride. Now, if you subscribe to the Patreon and support the podcast monetarily, then you've had access to these upcoming episodes for quite some time now. And if you aren't on Patreon or don't know what that is, Patreon is an online platform where you can support the podcast for as little as $3 a month. This helps maintain the cost of keeping up the show, as well as helping to keep making it possible for us to hear these very important personal stories. Patreon members gain early access to podcast episodes, as well as exclusive access to other bonus material like what you're about to hear today. You can find me by going to patreon.com and searching for Leather Talk Mr. Bullet. Well, today we have a very special guest returning back to the show to talk about the very taboo fetish known as urethral sounding. So if you've ever been curious about what sounding is or how to do it, then this is the episode for you. Keep in mind that we are not doctors, nor do we ever claim to be. If you are seeking actual medical advice, whether or not that be related to kink, please consult your doctor or medical professional. We are only here to share our knowledge and experiences for fun and information's sake. With that said, let's sit back, relax, and get ready for some more Leather Talk. and welcome to another bonus episode of Leather Talk with Mr. Bullet Leather 2020. Uh, today we are welcoming back to the show Navy Cub. Hi Navy Cub. Hi Brandon, how's it going? <laughs> Thank you for having me back again. Of course, of course. For those listeners who haven't heard your episode yet, would you mind kind of introducing yourself and kind of giving us a rundown of who you are? Sure, of course. Uh, well, my name is Francisco Perales. That's my legal Christian name, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> the name my mom gave me. Uh, I'm Mr. Sanctuary Leather 2019. I'm also the last Mr. Los Angeles Cub uh, 2016. And uh, yeah, that's who I am. <laughs> I know you have an introduction here. Do you want me to go through the whole thing? <laughs> well, <laughs> stop ruining the magic, Francisco. Uh, <laughs> okay, so what's your gender identity and what is your sexual orientation? Gender identity. Well, I self-identify as a gay man. Um, sexual orientation, gay bottom man. <laughs> cool, gay bottom man pretty much sums it up. Uh, <laughs> well, I haven't talked to you in like what a month, I feel like it's been a long yes, time. It's been a month, wow, yeah, it's been a month, it's been about four weeks. I know it's crazy. How are you? How are you uh, holding up? You know what's good? I just came back from uh, Texas, I took my boyfriend to meet the, the parents, so 
Oh, meeting the parents. How did that go? That sounds so domestic. <laughs> you know what? I, a part of me has to be a little bit domestic. You know what I mean? Yeah. I have to find some some sane ground because it can't all it can't always be crazy twenty four seven. Yeah, <clears throat> you can't be walking down um, the boulevard all the time with your whips and your chains. You know what? And the funny thing is that we took our vloggers and our whip <laughs> to Texas. I kid you not. <laughs> Of course you did. I wouldn't expect anything less. <laughs> yeah. Well, today we're here to talk about a little bit something special. It's called sounding. Ooh. Very scary. <laughs> so, uh, Francisco, what is sounding? The reason I really wanted you to come on the show with me today to talk about sounding is because I know that you are a fellow sounder. I don't know if that's a real thing, if that's a term, but yeah, we're sounding buddies. <laughs> we're sounding buddies. Yeah. And I kind of joked around before that sounding is like where you put your ear up to a guy's pee hole and you can hear the ocean. In some cases you can hear the chlamydia. <laughs> <laughs> so you might want to do that before you have raw sex. Yes, exactly. Exactly. <laughs> okay. So let's talk a little bit about what is this urethral sounding? Well, urethra sounding is, it's basically a medical thing. It was done to dilate the urethra uh, to, you know, because in case people have things that are stuck in the urethra, they need to in place catheters. Uh, it's for erectile dysfunction. It was really started off as a medical thing. Mm -hmm. It was, it, you know, it wasn't a, let's put my things up my penis to see what this is all about. No, it was, you know, for the most part, it's it's a medical procedure. And when I play, I treat it as a medical procedure. And I know we're going to go through the details of it, but yeah, I mean, it's to dilate the urethra, to hope for uh, bladder infections, uh, to place catheters, uh, to hope with uh, erectile dysfunction. Absolutely. Yeah. So, you know, I have to tell you, like the first time I heard of this, I was like, what the fuck? Are you kidding me? I'm like, great. This is what, like, everything's a thing. I didn't know that, you know, you could put something in your pee hole, like, God forbid. And then, like, a couple of weeks went by, and I was like, I kind of want to put something in my penis. <laughs> Brandon, you should know better. You should know better. You're a bottom. If you have a hole, you want to get it plugged. <laughs> You're right. <laughs> I was just like, I, all it took was a couple of weeks of, like, it in my mind, and I was like, damn it, I want to try it. <laughs> So what was the first time, like, what was your first experience like? You know what, my first, well, like, for those who haven't heard my podcast, the last one that I did with you, I was in the Navy. I was a hospital corpsman, and uh, this was about 20 years ago. So, like I said, one of the biggest things that uh, sailors would come into the office is with uh, gonorrhea, chlamydia. That's why I make that joke, because that's kind of how I got started with it. Mm. So back then, we would use a swab. Not like they do now where it's just you pee into a cup and they test. That's right. Like then they had to actually uh, use a swab to gather a sample. And so when I was going through A school in Wichita Falls, Texas, um, they taught us how to do that. And no guinea pig is good than mm -hmm. you. So I had to practice on myself. And mm. it was painful the first couple of times. It was painful. So uh, I got the actual practice through the military, how to do um, urethral injections via sounding. So did they did they use like a cloth Q-tip? Yes. So that seems kind of abrasive to me. It is. It's very abrasive. And I think that they did that for a reason. They wanted to scare people. <laughs> <laughs> 
don't have sex don't, or, or Francis who's going to have to stick this down your <laughs> hole. <laughs> you know, we're talking about 20 years ago. So, you know, right. the, the science hadn't caught up. Now it's you pee in the cup and they pretty much tell you anything that you have. But back then, that wasn't the case. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So then when, when did you first figure out that, like, you could do this for sexual pleasure? You know what? When I was practicing on myself, I realized that, Jesus Christ, this is, the first couple of times was bad. It was, it was, it was painful. <laughs> I'm not going to lie. Then the third time and the fourth time that I was practicing on myself, I was like, there is a lot of nerve endings here. This is like, why am I getting an erection? Is this normal? <laughs> uh, knowing you, yeah, there's nothing you know, normal about you. <laughs> so being in class, I was you trying to hide that erection. and Like, what's going on here? Why am I enjoying this? <laughs> <laughs> so that's when I knew there was something more to it. You know, and I didn't know that was, it was a thing. I didn't yeah. know. Yeah, absolutely. Well, you know, why would somebody, I mean, like outside of experimenting on themselves, like why do you think somebody would be interested in like putting stuff in their urethra in the first place? Gee, you know what? I, I you know, you go to a bar, you talk to people and uh, you start hearing about these crazy stories. You see videos, porn, whatnot. And, and you start getting this, this little sexual foreplay in your head. Like I can stick things up anywhere in my body, mm-hmm. including the penis. And so how, how do I say this? The penis inside the urethra has a lot of nerve endings and you're stimulating nerves that you didn't know that you can access. Mm-hmm. So that's crazy. And, and I've always had people come to me because they see my Twitter and they see, you know, they see people selling, they don't know what's about and then they see somebody, look, I've seen you on Twitter. I see what you do. Why do you do it? And the moment that I start telling them this is the reason why I do it, they're like, I didn't know. I didn't know that there was nerve endings in, in my urethra that I can stimulate. Right. It, it is very, very sensitive. And I described it um, <clears throat> to your um, your sister title holder of Miss Sanctuary 2020 the other day. Um, I said it, it sort of, to me, feels like masturbating, like, from the inside. From the inside. Yes. Yeah. Yes, he took the word that on that. Exactly. <laughs> so now that we kind of know what's kind of like fun and kinky about it, let's talk a little bit about the ins and outs of it, you know, no pun intended. <laughs> um, <laughs> so let, let's talk about how to practice this safely, because obviously if you put anything in your urethra, your the risk of getting some kind of infection is much higher than if you're just masturbating from the outside. Yes. That that is absolutely correct. I've done a lot of um, a lot of talks about this. I've done a lot of presentations and demos, and I've had I've I've had doctors. You know, they've been in my in my classes, and they they see me go through the whole thing, and you know, they're the first ones to raise their, their hands and say, you know, this is something that we should not be playing with mm-hmm. because it has a lot of risk factors to it. And like I said to the doctor, and I'll say it to the to the audience. There's a lot of risk factors with having any type of sex, you know, especially for gay men. You know, the anus isn't meant to be penetrated, so they say, but, you know, our G-spot's there. Our, our urethra isn't meant to be played with, and yet you can hit the prostate through the front. So there is a lot of steps that I take to make sure that my equipment is clean mm-hmm. and that it's well sanitized. And I don't play with other people who are not clean. And, and what I mean by that is... Bathing. I, I have I bathe them and I use my instruments and I clean my instruments while we're swapping. I don't want to use the sounding on my urethra and then pass it on to the next guy without cleaning it first. So it's all about 
keeping it the cleanliest as possible. Remember, any sex that you have, any sexual play that you have, it all runs a risk. Mm -hmm. You just got to be clean about it. So is there a difference between like sanitary and clean, or do you kind of use those terms like synonymously? Well, I I shouldn't, but let me clarify. Uh, I do sanitize my equipment before I play. So I already know the instruments I'm going to play with. I look at my, I open my toys and say, this is what I'm going to play with. And I, I usually go from smallest to biggest toys. Um, and it's, I, I sent you a picture of my setup. So oh, yeah, maybe, I'm watching. I'm looking at them right now. <laughs> did you, I don't know if you can see the as they get bigger, I have them in order. Mm-hmm, so mm-hmm. what I do first, I, uh, I have this thing called Cavicide. Uh, Cavicide is a medical solution that you can spray and to sanitize. That's the first thing that I do. And then once they're soaked, then I put them into boiling water. My metal, my metal rods. I put them into boiling water for about ten minutes. Okay. Make sure that they're super clean. So the water is already boiling when you put it in. You don't just yes. put it in and wait for the water to boil. No, 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 no. You make sure the water is completely boiling before you put them in. So once I do that, I let them about 10, 15 minutes, depending on how long they've been not in use. Mm-hmm. So after I pull them out, then I spray them down with ninety one percent alcohol spray. And then I pat them dry with a paper towel. Now, when I set them down, I set them down on a uh, sanitized medical napkin. And it might cost a little bit of money, but it's it's worth it. But for those that don't want to pay that amount of money, you can use dog pads. Urinary dog pads. Okay. Sanitary. You can place all your stuff there. And then I have them all set up, ready to use. And now, now they are sanitized because they haven't been used yet. That they're that the moment that I started using them, they're no longer sanitized. So that's what I meant. Like when I'm playing with myself, with one of my rods, they're not sanitized. So when I pass it on to my partner, what I'll do is then I'll clean it with alcohol, try to get it as clean as possible. But it's not sanitized. Moving on to the next person. So okay, let me. <laughs> I, I'm just looking at your very. Thir- this sounds like a whole project. So. Let me run you through my kind of uh, routine and you can tell me, <laughs> you can shame me for it or tell me <laughs> I'm doing it right or wrong or whatever. Um, but I started off with uh, like, nobody told me what to do. And all I could, all I could do was Google. So I, I'm very paranoid about like getting infections like getting sick and all this stuff. So like the first thing I did was like, obviously like, I went and took a shower and like Santa, I like took a alcohol prep pad. And like swab my urethra because I or not my urethra, like the head of my penis, the opening of my penis, because I know that they had me do that, you know, at the doctor's before I would like pee into a cup. So I'm like, okay, that sounds like that seems like something sanitary to do. And then initially, <laughs> are you laughing at me over there? <laughs> no, 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 no. I'm listening to you. Everybody, everybody thinks it a little bit different, but <laughs> okay, get it as soon as possible. So, uh, so then I took with a sound and then I washed them with soap and water and then put them into boiling water for like 20 minutes. And then I pulled it out of the boiling water and then I wiped that down with an alcohol swab. Mm-hmm. And then that was sort of my routine for a long time now. Like, I don't know if this is really safe or not, but now I skip the boiling because it just take it, it for me. It's like after a 45 minutes of prepping all this stuff, I'm just like not even in the mood anymore. So I've gotten in the habit of just washing it with soap and water and then sanitizing it with the alcohol swab. If they are your toys, 
and you use them on yourself, then that's perfect. You're getting them as clean and as sanitary as possible. But when I play with myself, I usually play with other people as well. And so they're, they normally use my equipment too. Mm. So I try to make sure that they're sterile from the get-go. And before I go any further, you know, you were saying that you take a bath with warm water and soap. That's all perfect. That's exactly what I do. I have foreskin, so I have to pull back and clean myself. But I go on Amazon and I have this antiseptic, non-sterile surgical scrub that I use to clean around my penis. These things, believe it or not, they're not they're not expensive. They're very inexpensive. And it's something to make sure that you're always clean and as sanitary as possible. Mm-hmm. That's that's the goal here is get it as sanitary as possible and as clean as possible. Because I mean, either way you're gonna you're gonna run across a problem if you don't do that. Right, right. Um, the other thing that I was, well, one of my friends told me this, and I, I, whether or not it's true or not, I, I, I practice it because it's uh, just part of my routine, is I make sure I drink like two full glasses of water before I play. And after that whole like hour or whatever is done, I like try to pee as much as I can, like right afterwards, just to push like whatever bacteria possibly is in there out. I don't know if that's effective or not, but that's what I've been doing. Yeah, I, that's exactly what I do. Yes, that's exactly what you should do. Uh, once you're done playing, the lubes that you use, you don't want them to stay in the urethra as for that long if you're not playing anymore. Mm-hmm. So you want to flush everything out. So it's good to drink a lot of water beforehand. So once you're done playing with yourself, you can urinate and flush anything that could possibly be lodged in there while you were playing around. Now, you know your body. You know how long your body will process water and how long it takes you to urinate. So if you urinate quickly, then maybe drink during the session, Mm. not before the session. Got it. Got it. Um, So let's talk about the process. Now it's all sanitized. How do we get started? This is a good question because the main thing that you want to have is a perfect lubrication, perfect lube. Uh, now, what do I mean by that? There's several types of lubes that you should be using and certain ones that you shouldn't be using. You don't want to use anything that's synthetic lube. You don't want to use that. You want to use a water-based lube. Preferably, they have antibacterial lubricants that you can use. And that is the best way to play with sounding. Mm-hmm. But if you can't, because and if you find it a little expensive, I normally tend to use mineral oil. Mineral oil is one of those things that it's already sanitized, it's already clean, and it's something that your body can digest. It's not a harsh lube that it's very abrasive to your body. Your body can actually process this mineral oil, and it works great. <laughs> so it's really about something that your body can can process without you know it being lodged in there. That's correct. You don't want to use any heated lubes, any synthetic lubes, nothing like that. Okay. You want to be as natural as possible. So we're not talking about things like silicone lubes or or like J lube or anything like that. We're no, talking no, about no, no, like no. Um, your mineral oil or something like that. Yeah, mineral mineral oil and uh, the antibacterial uh, sterilization lube are the only two things that I really recommend. Um, don't use any. Um, J lube, any uh, what do you call it? Any lubes of, uh, of that kind? Definitely no Vaseline, no crystal, no Vaseline, no uh, nothing, no baby oil. You don't want to use those things, right? Because that stuff gets there. 
Yeah. yeah. And, um, you know, the, the lube that I, I use, and again, because I've been like super paranoid, I wanted to use all the right stuff. There, there's this stuff called Sergi Lube, which I believe is sterile. They call it sterile lube. That's, yeah. Now, That's here's the tricky problem. thing is if you walk into a sex shop and it's not like a kink-focused sex shop, sometimes the people think when you're saying sterile lube, they're talking that you're talking about lube with spermicide in it. Because they're thinking about sterilizing, like if you're having sex with a woman and you don't want to get her pregnant, kind of thing. And I had to, I had to, uh, you know, confirm with the person: is this lube for sounding? And the girl at the front desk was like, "What's sounding?" And I'm like, "Great." <laughs> <laughs> now I have to explain this. Uh, but uh, luckily, a guy came around. He goes, "Oh no, this isn't the lube that you need. We don't sell it here. You need to go to this store in Silver Lake, and you can get this." And, you know, he had a lot of information. So, you know, make sure to do your research and you get the right stuff. But I'll, I'll try to put links to different things, you know, in, in the description below for this episode for the equipment and stuff. But, you know, it's it, it's true. Like, it is it is harder to find the Sergi Lube or, like, the brand named, you know, sterile lubes unless you really look for it sometimes. You know what? I'm just going to tell you, yeah, the listeners, go to go to Amazon. I mean, you can buy it, too, for about, like, three or four, three or four bucks. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's actually not that expensive. It's the, no, it's not. In my experience, the sounds were a little bit expensive for me, um, but I figured if I'm putting it in my body, uh, it's worth the investment. It's worth the investment. <laughs> you don't want anything that's cheap or anything from wish list. <laughs> yes, nothing from wish list. So let's talk about. <laughs> okay, let's talk about the sounds. What kind of sounds could we be using? Well, for the most part, I, I would literally say there's uh, about three types, really, that you can use. Obviously, your surgical grade stainless steel or titanium is the best. That's what I usually try to buy. Uh, you have silicone that you can use and plastic solvents that you can use. Now, for the surgical uh, grade stainless steel, there's two, there's two kinds. There's ones that are hollow and ones that are full metal. Oh my! I mean, I, I can go on on a tangent on this. <laughs> well, look, I never actually heard of a hollow, a hollow sound rod before. Can you talk a little bit about that? Yeah, you'll 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 know they're they're very thick, and when you when you feel them and you weight them in your hand, they don't feel as heavy as they look. And okay. when you tap them, you can hear that they're hollow. Now those are just good for opening up the urethra those aren't the ones where you put it in your penis hole and let it go it's gonna sink down those you need the ones that have weights on them those are the ones that are you know heavier heavier they're not hollow mm -hmm. so th that's how i those th that's really the difference between both of them you know that one you have the hollow ones you have to guide in and it's okay you come in and out and they're not as heavy and those are the ones that i normally start with when i'm playing because I'm opening up the urethra. I see. I am gauging myself because if I go with the heavy one, the ones that it's, it's all titanium that are not hollow and I try to just put it in there, gravity's gonna wanna pull it in and it's gonna stretch me out faster than I would normally like. So what I do is I start with the hollow one out first. I open myself up. Once I feel like I'm open, then I move on to my little rosebud. Those are the, they're a lot thinner, but they have a little bulb in the front mm -hmm. That's to open me up. Now, those, the ones with a little bulb are really good for those who have PAs. I have a PA, so I have to open up the, the urethra of my hole a little wider than I normally would. 
because um, I have the piercing. For that piercing. So, yes, exactly. Got it. Um, once I move through all those, that's when I use my little heavy ones. And for your, for the audience, like when they see the pictures, they'll they'll know they're they have, they're flat. The ends, I don't know if you can see them. They're flat. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, those are the, the flat ones. Those are the ones that when I'm really into it, I'm I'm all looped up. I just let it go and I let gravity just pull it all the way down. And then I'll use my own muscles and I'll push it out. I'm not gonna use my hand because at this point I'm already like playing with my with my tits. In. Okay, so hold <laughs> up, hold up. So, so you could push it out with your like penis muscles? Yes. <laughs> okay, how does that work? You ever had a pee in your peen and you just kind of push and you help? <laughs> you have a strong reason, man. I have not been able to do that yet. I could have been born a woman. <laughs> Women have really strong urethos. <laughs> so, um, you know, the, the sounds that I have are, are the kind that are flat like that. And I actually, in my opinion, I preferred the, the heavier one only because I felt like gravity, like I, did, I didn't want to force it into my, into my urethra. And I felt that if I just held it there and very lightly like held the sound that gravity would kind of allow it to go down slowly. And I don't know about you, but it takes me like 10 or 15 minutes to like really let it just kind of sink down in there. And then I kind of pull it out and let gravity keep like fucking me basically. Oh yeah. You're basically fucking yourself. <laughs> right. right. That's no, that's, that's my favorite thing to do is pull it all the way out and then let it go and pull it all the way out and let it go until I'm like about to come. And sometimes like the last few times that I've done it, um, I've been doing it for like the last year or something. I've gotten to the point where I feel comfortable enough to get like grab the hold of it and really just with my hand go down and up, down and up. And if you're on the Patreon, you can see a video of that later. <laughs> <laughs> so, okay. So let's talk a little bit about the gauges. You talked about gauging. So there are different thicknesses and sizes. Yeah, and they they normally set them up by millimeters. Okay. So what what's like the one that we should start with? Like, let's say we're brand new to it. How do we know our size? Wow, that's a really hard question. Um to answer only because everybody's body is a bit different so you don't you can harm yourself if you go too small mm-hmm. or you can harm yourself if you go too big because you, you really just gonna have to play with yourself and feel comfortable so my best thing is just get it get a, one of the, the smallest ones that you can the thinnest one that you can and this is why i say that it's best if, for you to guide it yourself mm. and Try if you feel like your body's not allowing you, then you either need more lube or you need more time to relax. You do want to be a little semi-hard. You don't want to be fully hard, uh, only because you know you expand your urethra and you can insert things in easier. So be semi-hard. Start with the smallest. Don't force it, and use a lot of lube. That's my main recommendation when it comes to putting in something now. Now, if it goes in too easy, you might want to move up to the next level, uh, the next millimeter. Right, right. Now, here's I, I'm a very, like, visual person, and I like, um, I don't know, I, I, I imagine a lot of things that could go wrong <laughs> all the time. Right. And so I imagine, like, let's say your urethra is a certain thickness already like it's it's maybe let's just give it a number let's say your urethra is a six millimeter around 
and you use a like two millimeter to go in there. Well, now there there's all this space around the sound inside of your dick, and that leaves it room to actually like angle and scratch the inside of your dick as it's going down. Exactly. That's why I say it's like it, you could go too small and it can hurt you. Right. So I have two different sizes. I have the four and a six. And I tried the four. And for some reason, I'm like, wow, this feels really pokey. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, well, let's try the six. Like, I didn't think I was a six. Like, this is pretty big for me. <laughs> so then I tried it and it like went straight in. I'm like, okay, this feels a lot better. But the, what I like to like compare it to is like, if you think about, you know, any of you listeners out there that play with like butt plug toys or something like you could get like a really skinny, you know, um, sized dildo. And when you use it, it doesn't feel very comfortable, you know, or for some people it may or may not feel as comfortable as if you use maybe a thicker or a longer one. Like that's why there's so many different sizes because everybody's body is a little bit different. Mm -hmm. So the first time that I sounded, I thought it was the craziest thing because (laughs) I put the tip in just a little bit, you know, and I put like a ton of Sergi Lube on it because I was like so scared that it wasn't going to go in right. And my dick started getting hard around it. And all I did was hold it in the air and my dick started growing up the sound. Oh, wow. That's crazy. And I thought that was the coolest thing. We didn't hard on just thinking about it. (laughs) And I'm just sitting there because I was like, oh my God, I can't believe I got the tip of something in my dick. Like, I can't believe that just happened. Oh my God. Oh my God. And then my dick starts to get hard and growing up it. I'm like, oh my God. Oh my God. It's, it's going away. It's disappearing. Ah." (laughs) I think that's the best when, when gravity just pulls it down by itself and you're like, you feel like you've accomplished everything that you needed in life. And now you're just, you're ready to have fun with it. (laughs) (laughs) I'm ready (laughs) okay so you know we already talked about a little bit like how to get started and everything and how long it kind of takes to get it in there we obviously want to be careful once it's in you're saying like we can just kind of go for it yes listen to your body (laughs) yes listen to your body now when we're when we're sounding is it the kind of thing if you're just starting should you start fucking your dick or should you kind of leave it in and just maybe masturbate a little bit while it's in there or is it even safe to do that you know, I, I wouldn't fuck with it right away because you're if you're introducing something new to your body, you have to let your body get used to it. I would say masturbate first with it. Okay. Um, that's usually what I use it for the most. It's like when I'm in myself and I masturbate, I open myself up and I get the best cum shots. Uh, but practice with yourself first. Know how to operate the sounding tube with your with your penis before you start introducing other people and fucking with it. Absolutely. Now, is it supposed to hurt? You know, it's supposed to feel tight. Uh, it should, you sh- your body should feel a little like it's fighting it, fighting it, uh, but it shouldn't hurt. If okay. it's hurting, again, you're either, just either too big, too small, or not enough lube. So if you need to go through all those three, put more lube. If it still hurts, go to something smaller. If it still hurts, go up a size until you find that perfect combination where it's not painful, but there is a little bit of tug. You know, you feel it. You feel your body clenching up on it. Right, right. You really want the walls, the inner walls of your urethra to be like fully gloved around the sound. Exactly, exactly. 
Now, you know, I have given a couple of my friends advice on which sound to start with before, and I kind of just pulled this out of my ass, but I feel like it's kind of worked. Um, I told them, drink a lot of water and go pee, like when you have like a really steady stream of piss, you know, coming out of your dick, and observe the thickness of that stream. And that's pretty much the size of your urethra. You can kind of eye it and see, maybe I can find a sound similar to the size of my pee stream. You know, that's exactly the way I was kind of taught with it, too. Mm. I first started talking to people about it. Yeah, definitely. Um, So now I've heard that there's there's some sounds that are like, they're not technically stainless surgical steel, but they're like plated. And I want to just maybe put it out there as a warning. You probably, if you're going to end up spending less money on something that's plated, maybe don't do that. <laughs> maybe no, pick something I, a little bit more expensive because you what you don't want to do is for it to chip or to flake off and then those like bits of metal or plating to get stuck in your bladder or something like that. Yeah, I mean, for sure, that's something that you don't want to do. I mean, invest in yourself. You're pleasuring yourself. Spend the extra cash to make sure that you, A, feel good because better quality, you feel better. Uh, and you don't have to worry about that mentally. Is something going to happen? Because you know that it's not going to chip. So that takes a burden off and you're able to enjoy yourself while you're having fun. And plus, it's an item that's going to last you your whole lifetime. Definitely, definitely. Well, hopefully, if you spend that much money on it. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so let's talk a little bit about some of the more medical considerations. Okay, so we talked about sounding and the process of getting it started now let's say you're sounding it's feeling good and then you take it out and you go pee and you notice that there's a little bit of blood is that the time to panic should we go to the doctor then like what's the deal no i look after you're done playing you are irritating the lining Mm -hmm. so for there to be a little tear that's normal as long as it doesn't continue throughout the whole day. Now, if you're still bleeding after the third time you pee that day, then maybe I would go. Mm-hmm. But I'm never going to tell nobody, don't go. If you feel like you need to go, go. But right. do let them know what you were doing. The first time I was uh, I was practicing myself in the, in, in, in the Navy, blood came out. And I you know, I was scared. I freaked out a little bit. And that's normal because you're, you're introducing something into your body that's not normally known to have you know things to go inside right um so it is going to burn a little bit when you pee if there is a little bit of blood don't freak out it usually goes away after the second pee at the same time you, you go urinate now how long does it is your dick sore for after you're done playing for me it like it was away in maybe like a couple hours i think one time i did it two days in a row for like an hour each and then it took me a couple days to recover um, but what is like your normal recovery period for this? You know, I've been doing it for like, t- like uh, 10 years now. So my body's really used to it. If it's your, if it's your first time, then yeah, it's going to take a little longer for me after like within four or five hours, I'm back to normal. So, I mean, but I do remember when I was first starting out and playing with myself, uh, depending on how vigorous I was playing with myself, how long the session was, it would normally feel a bit sore for about a day okay the second day would go away um i usually gauge it when i pee 
if it doesn't hurt when I pee, then I don't worry. Right, right. So there's there's normal to have a little irritation there for a little bit, obviously. Yes, of course. I mean, I mean, when you get fucked in the ass by a big dick, mm-hmm. you know, your your body's sore for a little bit. <laughs> but then you think back and you're like, damn, that was good. <laughs> I know, I know. And that's a, that's like the other thing too is like right after when I came, I was like sore like the most, right? And mm-hmm. I'm always like oh my God, why do I do this to myself? But at the same time, it's some sort of kind of like masochist side to me where I'm just like, that was awesome. Like you're a kinky fucker. <laughs> and, and you know what? That's the whole BDSM, the bondage discipline, fatal masochist. There is, you do have to be a, a bit masochist to enjoy this because mm-hmm. your, your urethra wasn't meant to have anything going up there, you know, quote unquote. But, you know, you do have a lot of nerve endings there, and, it, and you do want to stimulate a part of your body that you normally would never do. Absolutely. Okay, so I know by this point, we might be freaking out some of our listeners, but we do have to cover two more things. So stick with us, listeners. <laughs> Don't leave us yet. Don't leave us yet. Don't leave us yet. If we scared you away, just stick around. You'll be wanting to put things inside your urethra in no time. <laughs> Okay, so we talked about a possible infection, kind of, and urinary tract infections are a very true possibility when you're putting something down there. So how do we know when is the time to go to the doctor to see if we have a UTI? Um, <laughs> how do we gauge that? And, you know, for I know for women, women get these all the time. I, you know, I, I if I had a nickel for any time, one of my female friends told me, oh, I have to drink my cranberry juice again. <laughs> Uh, you know what? Again, going back to the basics, if you clean your instruments correctly, then it lowers the risk factor. Now, mm-hmm. you're talking about if we still get it. If you have a discharge, obviously go to the hospital. If it still burns when you urinate after the third or fourth time, you know, gauge it. If you're still bleeding after the third or fourth urination, then go to the hospital. If you feel that you might have something, go to the hospital and let them know, you know, that you were sounding uh, and what you did. It's best if you let the doctor knows exactly what you were doing so they can treat you. Uh, in most cases, what they'll do is if they know that you're not, if, if they know that you were sounding and you did not have a sexual partner, then they might not treat you. What I'm saying is that they, they might not give you medication. Mm. Like for bacteria, they might just test you, and if the test comes out positive, then you'll come back and they'll treat you. In most cases, that's how, that's normally how the hospitals work. Uh, but you know, if it was a sexual partner, they'll treat you regardless, and they'll they'll wait whether you're positive or negative in any STI. But if you let them know that you're sounding, they might not right medication for that. Well, since it was with yourself. We're just going to test you first, and then we'll let you know what the test results are. And if they're positive, you come back, and we'll give you medication for it. Now, if they say that, you can still tell the doctor, I would feel much more comfortable if I got medication for it. Right, right. And obviously, if you are bleeding or having some kind of discharge, you know, I feel like most doctors would consider that a symptom. And they would probably give you something. But... You know, the first time I sounded, I actually, and I, I, the reason I want to share this story is because I want to encourage people to not be afraid to talk to their doctors and explain some things. Like, doctor, yes, they know 
as much as they knew, but not everybody knows everything. One time I literally had to describe what a cock ring was to one of my doctors. Oh, wow. Um, I'm like, wow, okay, your sex life. Um, I hope we can make it more exciting. But (laughs) (laughs) so, but I I remember it was like, "Uh, like, do you think that maybe you can test my urine for like a urinary tract infection? And my doctor at the time was really great doctor, um, loved her. And she was like, well, the way we test for that is, you know, we we test the bacteria in your urine. And she's like, why do you think you might have a UTI? And it was like, well, like four or five days ago or whatever I was sounding. And I'm just want to make sure that, you know, everything's good. Like I didn't, I, I cleaned the instrument well and everything. She's like, may I ask what sounding is? And to be tr- truthfully, like 100% honest, I was kind of embarrassed. I'm like, great. Like how I have to explain this. But the doctor really does need to know if you want accurate, good healthcare, good treatment. And as soon as I told her, there was no shame. She just looked at me and she was like, okay, um, there there could be some risk in there, but if you clean it and sanitize it, probably not, but let's test you anyways, just to see. And you know, everything was fine. But I encourage those of you who may be embarrassed to say things to your doctor, like don't be. That's that literally their job. They hear all kinds of crazy things every day. Uh, exactly. They they they've heard it all, you know, and they're professionals. So they'll, they'll know how to treat you and how to help you. They already know that you're there and you're probably embarrassed. They know this already. Mm-hmm. So they're not going to, the, the last thing that a doctor wants to do is panic you and, you know, call you out. Cause that's not, that's not helpful for both parties. Right. It doesn't help solve the problem, you know, exactly. that's their job. So, um, okay. So let's talk a little bit about myths and misconceptions. One thing I always hear is, can your urethra be stretched to the point where it doesn't go back to its original size? You know, I've seen crazy videos on on Pornhub where people are like shoving huge things down their pupils. Mm. You know what? Yes. If you do sounding and you do it quite frequently, uh, you will. That's just a matter of fact. You will stretch out Mm -hmm. your urethra. Your body would try to bring it back to its original size, but if you're constantly stretching it, then you know it will stretch. That's just uh, that that is a possibility. It's really up to you how much you want to stretch it out, and if you want to stretch it out, you know you don't always have to go big. You can find what works for you and stay at that same size. Uh, the, the misconception is I need to get bigger. I need to go bigger if I want to have more fun. That's not necessarily true. You can find what works for you and stay there. Right, right. Just because bigger is not always better is basically what you're saying. <laughs> Don't quote me, please. <laughs> the gay community will have my card. <laughs> <laughs> so let's say, you know, you do want it. Let's, you know, I know that's a fetish for some people. Let's say you do want a wide urethra. Is it true that you might not be able to hold your pee in the same way if your urethra is larger no that's not that's not even remotely true because it's not the urethra that holds back the uh urine it's your bladder absolutely so that's a misconception that we can check off that's not true all right (laughs) misconception checked off (laughs) now how deep is it safe to sound like could you get like a yardstick and shove it down there or like how far can you really go god no i mean it's your body depending on how big your penis is um mostly before you hit that bladder wall you're looking at a 
about seven to eight inches inside. Okay. And if you're Francisco, we're look we're talking about like twelve inches because it's I, I could do eleven inches. <laughs> <laughs> I see what you're working with, girl. You're so cute. It's been so how do you know when you've gone too far? You, you'll feel the sensation that you need to pee. You'll feel an actual roadblock. Because once you, you're sounding yourself. Mm -hmm. this, is, this is why I always say to sound yourself first. Gauge how deep you can go. Uh, don't let gravity do the, do the work because gravity will take it in all the way and won't necessarily care. Um, I try to wiggle it in. Not hard. Just, you know, little little nudges here and there as you're going down. And then all of a sudden you'll feel like you actually hit a wall. Mm. And I think to me, that's when I say, this is where I stop. Right. Now you can pass through that because that's your actual bladder that you're actually hitting. You can pass through that. Once you pass through that, then you open up your bladder and you will literally start to pee. Wow. Okay. <laughs> Wow, I don't think I've ever hit my bladder, to tell you the truth, then. Um, I, I'm probably going to keep it that way. I'd rather not mess up my bed. <laughs> or maybe put a rubber sheet down before. You don't have to go all the way down. Uh -huh. Once you feel that your body is telling you, okay, stop, and if you're brand new at this, if you're, then stop right there. Then just explore what your body allowed you to go, what the sounding was allowed. There you go. Just stroke it back and forth, no further than that. Because the goal here is to stimulate those nerve endings around the urethra. Now, once you get comfortable with your body, now you can start, you know, poking in a little bit further in and start massaging your prostate from from the inside. So I I have had this question before. Can women also sound as well? Yes, women can also sound. They also have a urethra. Um, actually, I was watching a video of this girl getting urethra fucked. Oh, wow. So the guy was going in the urethra and her vagina back and forth, back and forth. So, yes, women can. What? With his penis? Yes. Dead serious. What? Oh, so my God. So can get sounded. That's why I said, I think girls are better at it than men. <laughs> <laughs> now, I imagine that their urethra is probably shorter in length. So it is, it is. So it, you can't, you can't do all the six to seven inches like you can with a man. Okay. Okay. So that's like one thing to consider, but for, so everything else applies to women as well then. It really does. I can't, I don't see no reason why it should. It's, we have the same anatomy and everything. Awesome. Awesome. And, you know, you talked a little bit earlier about, you know, now that we're mentioning anatomy, you talked a little bit, you mentioned at the beginning how you could reach your prostate from the front. Mm -hmm. How does that happen? Well, the sound, you need, you need a, a, a good sounding that, that's about uh, a little over six or seven inches. Mm -hmm. And this is for men, obviously, because we, we have a men. prostate. We have a prostate, yes. So that's when you hit that wall that I was, was telling you about, just before you go into the bladder, everything around that area, that's where your prostate's at. So if you are, if you're pushing back that far in deep, you're really at this point now also stimulating the prostate. Wow. And that's what I go for with, when I sound, I try to go as back as far as possible to hit that prostate. I flick it, I use the vibrator, I jerk off. And so once I pull out the sounding tube, 
my urethra is already stretched out and I've hit that prostate for a good 20 minutes. So when I come, that's when I come bucket loads because there's no obstruction and it just shoots out. Are you doing this interview at a park? <laughs> I hear there's birds back there. I could just see people walking by looking like, what the hell is he talking there's about? A, there's a lot of trees by where I live. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so last myth and misconception. Uh, can you get a sound lost inside your body? I wouldn't say lost, but the actual sound can go in all the way. Mm -hmm. And, you know, you won't be able to hold it. What I tell people, and this happened to me before, is don't panic. Kind of get on all fours, knees, and your hands on the floor, and let gravity pull it down slowly. Mm -hmm. Don't panic. The last thing you want to do is panic because you'll, you'll tighten up your body, tighten up your body, tighten up your urethra. You tighten up your urethra, it's not going to come out. You know, and I actually like it when it goes all the way in. I know it's not... Me too. I like, it. <laughs> I like it when it disappears. I'm like, oh, it's gone. Well, when it disappears and it's in all the way, that's when I start to jerk off. Uh... That's like, now it's time to jerk off. But if you're new and you get scared that it went in all the way, well, first of all, kudos to you because that's awesome. But if you're scared, <laughs> if you're scared, don't be. Relax, you know. Get on all fours, get on your on uh, your hands and knees, and let gravity pull it out. Right. And the moment you see it come out, get it and pull it out slowly. And then be be surprised because you've you've done it. <laughs> you've yeah. sounded yourself. Yeah, I think that's the hottest thing when you just see like the very tip poking out of your dickhead, or like you see it completely disappear. And then what I do is actually I usually do this laying down. I'll like lean my hips up. Um, like towards my face a little bit and let gravity, like you said, push it out. Oh, I guess that's the best. Yeah. And you're going to go sounding after this? <laughs> Probably. I have everything ready to go. <laughs> <laughs> and my boyfriend is asleep and I can see his little perky ass. <laughs> He's getting me all hot. This conversation in his ass just making me all hot. Well, there you go. Okay, so let's talk about like the sexiness of it. So, like, well, I already talked about, you know, kind of different ways that I like to sound where my dick gets hard around it and grows up the urethra or grows up the sound while I'm holding it, letting gravity do it. Like, what are some creative ways that you found to sound that like really turn you on? Mm, Docky. Mm, okay. when, you, when you have the uh, the both ends that are both rounded in the end, which means that you can have two dicks docked to it and touch, and you're basically just jerking each other off with where the metal rod is actually connecting both of you guys. So you're talking about a single rod, and then one guy comes in from one end, and you come in from another, and they meet in the middle. Uh-huh, and you just jerk off. That's okay. like the best. That's the, that actually, that was like one of the hottest things I've ever done uh with a guy and i was laying down and he was on top of me and both of our dicks were touching and the metal rod was in both our ends and what he would do is and he would kind of pull it out of mine and it was all inside his but our dicks were our dickheads were still touching and he would let go so that as a sounding bar would come out of his dick it would slide into mine and we would just go back and forth that is like the best. <laughs> oh my God. I never even try thought it. of that. That is so hot. Now, now you're going to try it. <laughs> no, I want to see if you try it. <laughs> oh my God. That is so sexy. Okay. What else? Do we have any other good stories? <laughs> uh, let me see. You know, well, what are those things that you, those tuners, people tune and they hit it. Oh, like a tuning uh, fork. 
tuning fork. Yes, that's what I meant. So you get a tuning fork and then just let the vibrations go. Or or you flick it, you just flick the tip and let it vibrate. I mean, there's so much things that you can do. Uh, get one of those um, massagers and just massage the penis. So I don't know if you have, like, I have like, this little tiny vibrator that, like, kind of goes inside of one of my butt plugs. And I actually, like, took that little vibrator out of the butt plug mm-hmm. and just touched the tip. And it is crazy, like, mm-hmm. to yes. feel that whole thing vibrating down your dick. Yeah, oh, my God. You get... Exactly. This is exactly what I'm what I'm looking for when I'm when I'm sounding is that vibration that it just tingles all the nerves and it just excites me and it gets me super hard. That's what I'm looking for. Honestly, I mean all these things that going back and forth, like masturbating with it, but it's for me, for me, it it's the vibration that gets mm-hmm. that makes me come. Oh my god. Okay, so <clears throat> have you ever come without touching your dick at all and you just using the sound i i've used the uh the little the, the vibrator mm-hmm. I, I put it at, at the bottom of my shaft while the silent tube was on and i was stroke back and forth so i was able to come that way and as it comes out just the rod comes out just kind of shoots out and then i mean it, I, it just comes so much it's like you open your urethra and it, it just buckets of cum come out and that is like the best yeah yeah it's crazy it's like um like that geyser old faithful or whatever exactly (laughs) (laughs) um for some reason and i think it's because of like the erection is reinforced with the with the rod but i'll get the hardest and biggest looking dick that i like it never gets like that unless there's a sounding rod inside like i look at i'm like wow you have a huge dick like that's (laughs) you know but I think it's because it's like reinforced with the with the rod like inside of it. And one of my hottest times is when I just um, and I actually have this on video. But I don't look the best, but, you know, whatever, I'll crop it or something. But uh-huh. where I'm just literally pulling it all the way in, all the way out. And I'm not touching the outside of my dick. I'm just kind of like holding it up. And then right when I feel like I'm about to come, I pull it out and I just shoot. And I never actually touch my dick. And for like oh, wow. that feel that feeling of it like going in and out and in and out like you i think it's a, a lot of it is psychological you're like oh fuck i'm doing something that's totally tattered, mm-hmm. totally kinky and dirty and you come from it <laughs> oh yeah yes exactly i mean but I've, i guess because i was since i was in the navy and um I was a hospital corpsman there's something about the um surgical um uh, doctor play or medical play that 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 really really excites me mm-hmm. uh, so just seeing everything laid down clean sterilized and ready to be inserted in my body like you were saying before before that you didn't like to boil your sounding rods because you're just like i'm over i just want to get this done with mm-hmm. for me that's like that's part of the excitement is prepping mm-hmm. everything like in my head it's like man i'm not about to do this this is this is gonna be amazing i'm gonna fuck my dick with these rods and that in and of itself is that mental fuck that i'm already doing to myself oh it's a whole build up for you mm-hmm. I, i'm gonna tell you this next time build up to it try it and look at it from that point of view um you know just so you set everything up it'll change the game for you it really will oh definitely i, I will definitely have to do that I mean, that's how I am kind of with my um, 
with, with my like when I'm cleaning out, ready to go out to the to the bar or like the club or whatever, where I like clean myself out. It's because I'm like, wow, you're gonna get fucked tonight, Brandon. Like <laughs> <laughs> it's all probably it's imagine the same way. <laughs> well, you know what I mean. I, I've always liked. Well, you see me running around naked at the bars. I've always have my butt plug tails up my ass and yeah. my little alien tail. I just love shoving things up my home. <laughs> I, I love it. I love it. Well, do you have any um, funny or <laughs> entertaining, embarrassing stories related to sounding? Or <laughs> I mean, it's I know it's a very meticulous thing, so maybe you don't. But yeah, that's exactly what I was gonna say because I treat this with the utmost respect. That I really I don't have a story where. I made a fool of myself while doing this because I take really good care of myself. Uh, I don't know if that's something to brag about or something to <laughs> I'm going to go off the you right now. It, it's, it. it's, it's okay to have a little accident here and there with it. <laughs> but for the most part, I try to be really careful with this because, you know, I am inserting something into my dick and I want my dick to work. Yeah, me too. <laughs> I don't want to break it. I'm the only one you're going to get. So... So I do have a, a little funny story related to Saudi because when I first got into it, I didn't tell anybody that I was doing it. And, you know, my partner and I lived together. And so, like, I really wanted to just try it out on myself before I made it, like, publicly known. Like, oh, yeah, I'm putting things inside my urethra. And he told me, he's like, oh, I'm going to be gone all weekend to work or whatever. So, you know, you're going to be home all alone by yourself. Like, whatever. And I'm like, okay, cool. Like, I get the weekend to myself. Now's the time to, like, take my time try this out and uh, it was like maybe the first or second time that i tried it and i remember like it was right in in the middle of it like it got all the way in i started jerking off all of a sudden i hear the door open (laughs) (laughs) is this the equivalent of like your parents going out for the weekend and they come back and they catch you masturbating pretty much pretty (laughs) so i push it out and pull it out like as slow but as quickly and swiftly as i can and the bedroom door opens then and i just drop the sound on the floor and you hear clink 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 <laughs> and I'm like, oh my god <laughs> i was so embarrassed <laughs> what did your partner say I, he didn't even notice and i had to tell him later like that that's what had happened and he was just like oh okay like whatever <laughs> now did you guys play together no, you know, it's so funny because he uh, he gets really squeamish about putting things in his body. He's he's a total top, um, but he does. Yeah. He is, My partner is the same way. <laughs> yeah. But I think the idea of him doing something like invasive to himself just gets him like a little bit squeamish. It's okay because it's not for everybody. Right. And I like being watched. I'm an exhibitionist. So, <laughs> um, oh, you know. I'm gonna go off on a tangent. I'm gonna pro. I'm gonna promote something, the scopophilia that uh, that I did last summer, and I'm I'm much of a, a voyeur as I am in exhibitions. What did you do there? For ours, for, it was me and uh, me and my boyfriend Carlo. Um, what were we doing, baby? He was peeing on me and fucking me and flogging me. But you know what? I need another act. I'm gonna ask you to do a sounding. Yay! Everybody's just looking at you. We'll call it sound check. <laughs> sound check with brandon bullet <laughs> oh, oh i'm gonna tell eric about you i am totally down for scopophilia i've already talked to eric about that on a previous episode um, and i actually have another friend who's into fisting and he was like 
I'd be down to be fisted at Scopophilia. <laughs> I'm oh. like, okay. Like, <laughs> nice, nice. Look at this. Look at us talking about. Look at us, LAO brothers working together. Promoting my, my myself here. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. I love it. Um, well, Francisco, before we go, how can we stay connected with you? How can we reach out? And I think I remember seeing you teaching a few classes online. Is that right? I do. Uh, I do it on my on my uh, Twitter account, and I've also do it with my organization Onyx uh, Southwest. Um, so every second Sunday of the month, when we used to meet up, that's when I would do all the training, and I would do it at the Eagle. I need to get on a form though. Uh, that's not Twitter that I can go through the sounding classes. But once I figure out the best platform, then I will put out my classes out there again. But as of right now, Twitter is the best way to see me doing uh, sounding and going through the uh, through the course. Okay, awesome. And I'll make sure to put links to your Twitter and socials in the description below so people can reach out. Um, as we wrap it up here, do you have any last statements for our audience? Sure, just do the research talk to people, look at videos, and just like yourself, dive into it, try it, listen to your body, respect your body, make sure that your instruments are clean, and don't be afraid to try something new. Definitely, definitely. Well, thank you so much for coming on the show again, Francisco, and we'll hope to see you soon, and hopefully we'll be um, listening to the ocean together at some point. Yay! Sounding good. <laughs> Thank you so much for having me again. I always appreciate the talks with you. You're, you're cool as hell, bitch. <laughs> <laughs> well, thanks again for coming on the show, Francisco. And before we go, you guys, don't forget to check out the many outreach programs they have available to us here in the Los Angeles area. The LELC Cares and Boulevard Pantry are some ways that you can get assistance during these trying times of COVID-19. I will have links in the description below. As always, you can find me on Instagram and Patreon as Leather Talk Mr. Bullet and Twitter as Brandon Bullet LA. Thanks again for listening. And as always, stay safe, stay healthy, and stay keen.